Chapter 12 of What Happened Then Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jen Broda. What Happened Then Stories by Ruth O'Dyer. Jack and the Beanstalk. What Had Already Happened. In the long, long time ago, there lived in a country village of England a widow and her only son. The widow was an industrious woman and had tried hard to train her son to be a good boy, but Jack was very willful and caused his mother much worry. She would put him to weeding the garden, and as soon as her back was turned, Jack would be off playing, forgetting all about his work. Soon they became very poor. One by one all the animals on the farm had been sold, until there was nothing left but one cow with which the widow hated to part. One day she called Jack to her and said, My son, I want you to take the cow to market for me. We cannot starve, so we must sell her. With the money I can buy meat and bread. Now, be very careful, for if anything should happen to the cow, I do not know where you and I would get a crumb to eat. So Jack started off for the market. He had not gone far when he met a butcher. Where are you going with your cow? asked the butcher. I am going to the market to sell her, said Jack. How much will you take for her? asked the butcher. How much will you give? questioned Jack. She is not a very good cow, said the butcher. She is thin, and I could not get very much meat from her, but in order to save you the long walk to the market, I will give you all the beans I have in this small bag. Jack looked into the bag and saw some very odd-looking beans. The very thing for my bean-shooter, thought Jack. Yes, I will trade, said Jack. So he gave the butcher the cow and took the beans. He was so eager to get home to use the beans in his bean-shooter that he ran every step of the way. When he came in at the door, he called out, Oh, look, mother, at what I got for the cow! When the poor woman saw only a few beans, she was so outdone that she burst into tears. You bad boy, she said, to think that the cow is gone and we have not even a little milk for our supper. Then she threw the beans out of the window and sent Jack to bed. Jack awoke early the next morning, for he had planned to go out and get the beans before his mother got up. It seemed very dark in the room to him, so he went to the window to see if it was really morning. There he saw a very strange thing. The beans had taken root and had grown up higher than the treetops. The stalks were as thick as tree trunks, and each had many branches. Jack ran in to tell his mother, and together they went out to take a closer look at this wonderful beanstalk. "'I want to climb to the top of it,' said Jack. "'No, no!' said his mother. "'Such a queer beanstalk must be enchanted. Do not trouble with it.' but Jack was already several feet up the largest stalk. He called back to his mother that he would soon be down, and nimbly went on up out of sight. 
Oh, how high that beanstalk was! Jack went up above the tops of the houses, above the tallest trees, above the spires of the churches, and still a little higher up. At last he came to the top. When he reached the top, he came to a strange country which he had never seen before. He could not see a tree or plant growing anywhere. He could not see a living person. There was not a house in sight. Jack sat down on a pile of stones and wished he had not left his home. He was very hungry, for the night before he had gone to bed without any supper. If someone would only come, he would not feel so lonely. This thought had scarcely time to flit through his mind when he saw a lady walking towards him. He was so glad to see her that he ran to meet her. Not knowing that she was a fairy, Jack took off his cap and made a low bow. The fairy smiled, and he thought that he had never before seen anyone quite so lovely. You need not tell me how you got up here, Jack, she said, for I know quite well. Those were fairy beans which grew into the wonderful beanstalk. In fact, I think I know more about you than you know yourself. I can prove this to you by asking you one question. Do you know anything about your father? No, said Jack. I do not. When I speak of him to my mother, she always cries, but she tells me nothing. She does not dare, said the fairy. I will tell you why. You know, of course, that I am a fairy. I know all about your father. He was a good, kind man. He had money and friends, but one of his friends was false. He was a giant. He killed your father and took all his money. He told your mother that she must never tell you. If she did, then the giant would kill her and kill you, too. This is the giant's country you are in. All that he has is really yours, for he took it from your father. You must conquer the giant. Keep on this road until you come to a great castle. It is the best that you go at once, for it is a long journey. Jack started out with a great deal of reluctance, for the thought of a giant frightened him. He walked all day, and just as the sun was setting, he came to the castle. When he reached the castle, he saw a woman standing in the doorway. Jack did not think for a moment who the woman might be. His first question was, My kind woman, will you please give me something to eat? The woman seemed much surprised and said, Are you not afraid to come to the very door of a giant's house? My husband, the giant, is away now, but he will soon return. If he should see you, there would be no chance for me to save you. Jack was very much frightened, but he was determined not to give up, so he said, "'Can't you find some place to hide me?' "'Come in quickly, then,' said the giant's wife, "'and I will give you some supper and hide you until the giant comes and goes again. "'Then you must leave the castle and never come near it again.' So she led the way through the long hall to a large dining-room, where a table was spread with many good things to eat. Jack ate heartily, for he was very hungry. He had almost forgotten that there was such a person as a giant when he heard a loud shout. The giant's wife turned pale. "'Jump into the oven! It is quite cold!' she said. 
so jack jumped into the oven and lay very still there was a small round hole in one side so he could look out and see what was going on in the room the giant came in with a great deal of noise he sat down to the table and ate until jack wondered how one could hold so much at last the giant's hunger seemed satisfied and he leaned back and called in a loud voice bring me my hen the wife brought a beautiful hen to him and placed it on the table lay roared the giant and the hen laid a beautiful golden egg lay another ordered the giant this time the hen laid a larger egg than before but the giant was not contented with these two eggs he continued to order his hen to lay until there were as many as a dozen eggs on the table soon the giant fell asleep when jack heard his loud breathing he crept out of the oven and seized the hen he left the house very quietly and ran down the road until he came to the beanstalk it did not take him long to climb down for he was anxious to show his mother what a wonderful hen he had obtained jack's mother was very glad to see him for she had worried a great deal over his long absence see mother said jack what a valuable hen i have where did you get it asked his mother i got it from the giant who took all my father's riches and i'm going to get more and conquer the giant all that he has is ours for i have seen one who knows all about it the mother was much frightened when she learned that jack had really been in the giant's castle for she feared this giant very much she was delighted with the hen and the golden eggs which soon provided her with plenty of money after a few days jack determined to visit the castle again his mother begged him not to go for she feared the giant's wife would recognize him jack however was determined and after changing his clothes and staining his face and hands he resembled but little the boy who had so recently made the acquaintance of the giant's wife when he reached the castle he asked for food and a place to sleep no i cannot let you in said the giant's wife i let a boy in last week and he ran away with my husband's hen but jack begged so hard that she at last let him in this time he had but little chance to eat for the giant came as soon as he was seated at the table the giant's wife hid jack in a closet just in time for as the giant came in at the door he shouted wife i smell fresh meat oh it's only the sheep i am roasting for your supper said the wife this explanation seemed to satisfy the giant and he sat down and ate a hearty supper when he had finished he said wife bring me my money bags the patient woman brought two very heavy bags of money to the giant and then went to bed the giant counted all the money over twice and then put it carefully back into the bags one bag was filled with gold and the other was filled with silver jack watched him saying to himself this is really my father's money by and by the giant grew tired he lay back in his chair and soon his loud breathing made jack know that he was sound asleep so jack stole quietly out of the closet 
and taking the two heavy bags of money hastened out of the castle as he ran he heard a dog barking furiously in a room nearby but no one pursued him and he soon reached the beanstalk for he had found a shorter path than the one by which he had first reached the castle jack did not visit the castle again for several years the hen furnished his mother and him with plenty to live on and the contents of the money-bags gave them many luxuries one bright summer morning a strong desire came over him to see the castle again so again he climbed the beanstalk and knocked at the castle door the giant's wife did not know him but he had hard work to make her let him in this time he had a chance to eat a hearty supper and then as the giant was coming he was hidden in a copper boiler the giant was in a great rage when he entered the house i smell fresh meat he cried and i intend to find it he looked into the oven and into the closet and then he came to the copper boiler jack was very much frightened and thought that all of his adventures was at an end but the giant did not lift the lid of the boiler he sat down by the fire and ordered his supper to be served when supper was over the giant told his wife to bring his harp jack raised the lid of the boiler just the least bit and saw a most beautiful harp it was made of solid gold the giant placed it on the table and ordered it to play of its own accord it played the sweetest music jack had ever heard soon the giant began to nod and it was not long before he was fast asleep then jack crept out of the boiler and seized the harp he ran out of the house with it but the harp was enchanted and called out loudly master master this awakened the giant and he rushed after jack stop stop he shouted if you do not stop i will make you sorry when i catch you but jack did not stop he ran as fast as he could to the beanstalk and reached the bottom just as the giant was starting down jack's mother was very happy when she saw him but when she saw the giant coming after him she was dreadfully frightened bring me an axe shouted jack his mother lost no time in obeying him and jack cut down the beanstalk close to the roots down came the giant crashing to the ground and what do you think happened just read what comes next and find out jack and the beanstalk what happened then why of course jack did not kill the giant when he came tumbling down the beanstalk and neither was the giant killed by the fall it seems very strange that you have never before heard that when a giant falls from a great height it never kills him but reduces him to the natural size of a man when a lilliputian who is a very very tiny person falls from a great height it changes him to the natural size also and that is just what happened to the giant when he tumbled head first down the beanstalk he was no longer a giant in size and strength but just an ordinary man like jack now that the giant and jack were both the same size they agreed that whichever one could prove himself the more clever 
should be the owner of the castle and all that it contained if you outwit me said the giant you shall possess the castle and everything that has been mine but if i succeed in outwitting you then i shall continue to possess them without interference so they separated and on the next day they met again it chanced that the giant came up just as jack was currying his horse when jack saw him he became fearful lest the giant might try to take from him a bag of gold pieces which he had in his pocket so he quickly fastened the bag of money under the long thick mane of his horse when the giant came up jack was busily smoothing down the glossy sides of the animal good morning said the giant good morning responded jack now the giant had planned to outwit jack this very morning that is a beautiful horse you are tending said the giant has she much spirit i should say so said jack and he tickled her flank with a small stick then such antics as the horse performed she jumped and stood up on her hind legs in her capering she loosened the bag of gold and piece by piece it all fell to the ground oh see cried the giant yes said jack this horse is invaluable i have only to tickle her flank and she will drop gold down to me this is really quite wonderful said the giant now the giant was so surprised that he did not play the trick he had planned the next morning the horse was missing from jack's stable when jack found that she was gone he felt quite sure that the giant had borrowed her hoping to get some gold pieces for himself so jack hastened to the house where the giant had consented to stay until the test of wits was finished when he reached there he found that his suspicions were true as he neared the house he heard loud noises and occasional demands of drop it drop it on peeping in at the door he saw the giant whipping the horse and demanding drop it drop the gold down for me but of course the horse only kicked and reared up and no gold was dropped when jack entered the room the giant looked very much ashamed and admitted when he heard the story of the gold pieces that for once he had been outwitted but you will certainly give me another trial said the giant oh yes said jack one more trial if you desire it so jack led his horse back home and left the giant to make a plan to outwit him but while the giant was planning jack also was busy when jack arrived home he took from his garden the largest and most perfect turnip he could find he hollowed this out until there was nothing left but the thin outside skin he did this so cleverly that the turnip still retained its perfect shape then he filled a small bladder with blood and placed it in the turnip when he finished the turnip looked as if it had just been pulled from the ground for he had put the green top back securely in its place he then planted the turnip in his garden when the giant came as he did a few minutes later jack was inspecting his turnip patch you have a fine patch of turnips jack said the giant 
Yes, indeed, said Jack. I am expecting to get very, very rich from the sale of the turnips in this one field. How is that? asked the giant. Turnips are not at all rare. I should not think that this whole field would be worth much. But these are not common turnips, said Jack. The turnips in this field are filled with blood. If you bleed a turnip and drink a glass of the blood, you will never be ill again. The giant, of course, did not believe this, so Jack pulled up the turnip he had just planted, and taking his knife from his pocket, he pricked the skin. Out flowed the rich red blood. This quite convinced the giant of the truth of Jack's statement. The next morning, when Jack arose, there was not a single turnip in the whole field. He felt sure that the giant had visited the turnip patch the night before, so he started off for his house. When he reached the house, he looked in at the window, and what he saw made him laugh until his sides ached. The giant was fast asleep on the bed, worn out by his labors. On the floor were bushels and bushels of turnips, all slashed and punctured, but not a drop of blood could be seen. Jack's laughter woke the giant, who had to admit that for the second time he had been outwitted. But you will certainly give me one more trial, said the giant. If you outwit me this time, I'll leave this country and everything I have shall be yours. To this Jack agreed, and he returned home, leaving the giant to perfect his plan. I shall be rid of this troublesome Jack once for all, said the giant to himself. As sure as the river flows, he shall prove himself a good swimmer or rest beneath its waves for this time tomorrow. So the giant procured a large sack. In this, he placed a huge stone which he had covered with a bear's skin. With this sack on his back, he sought Jack. Jack? he said. I have just captured the queerest animal. It is perfectly round and is covered with the softest fur. I am sure it is quite a prize. Come with me to market that we may sell it. First, said Jack, I must see the animal. That cannot be, said the giant, for it is very active and I fear it will jump out of the bag. Oh, no said Jack. I shall be very careful. I shall open the bag only a little way and put my head in. Very well, said the giant. But let me stand behind you so that I may catch him if by chance he jumps out. So Jack opened the bag and put his head in and saw what seemed to him to be a very queer animal. I'd like to feel him, too, said Jack, and in went his arms also. And you would doubtless like to live with him, too, said the giant, and with that he pushed Jack into the bag and securely fastened it. Then he started toward the river. Jack felt sure that he would now have need of all his wits in order to free himself. The giant who now had no more strength than an ordinary man, soon tired of his heavy burden. So he sat down under a tree and went fast asleep. 
when jack heard his loud breathing he took his knife from his pocket and cutting the stitches in the bottom of the bag crawled out he then put another stone inside the bag and sewed up the hole that he had cut then he walked on to the river soon he saw the giant coming groaning under his heavy burden into the river the giant dropped the bag and went on home without even looking back when the giant reached home he sat down and congratulated himself that at last that troublesome jack was out of his way the giant was feeling very fine indeed when who should come at the door but jack himself that is a rather dry river you put me into said jack the giant was so surprised to see jack that he willingly consented to leave the country and he was never seen there again and jack and his mother lived happily ever after end of jack and the beanstalk